Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Talk On Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Hallett, and I'm joined by the always effervescent Ali G. How are you, brother? Hey, how's it going, Jeff? How's the baby? Baby is not sleeping. <laughs> so Jeff is not sleeping. Jeff is not sleeping, but amphetamines. Nice. It takes care of it. It's fine. Always. <laughs> so <laughs> um, it seems that we dropped some points away again in Europe. This time to, how do you say it? It's Tuchel. Yeah, See, that's ha- pretty nice. Yeah, isn't it? See, so had the crying Neymar, larger than life Mbappe, whole bunch of other players who treated the Reds like their personal whipping boy. The question becomes why? And I know a lot of supporters can interpret that as, what the fuck? But, you know, I'm, I'm there with you. I think we're, both of us are there with them. So let's just like get right into some of the nonsense that we've seen since that final whistle in Paris. So I'd like to do a round of myth busting. Yeah, just a couple, oh, okay. just a couple nice. to get us warmed up. And then we'll move into the opposition, which <laughs> there's a lot to say because they succeeded. And then there's us. We'll finish with that so we're super depressed coming up. <laughs> so the first is, and, and this is, I might go on a rant. So just buckle up. It starts with all the personal attacks on Jordan Henderson, on Instagram, on wherever. And I am no Henderson lover on this pod. People been listening long enough know my opinion about him is especially in the six. But there is no excuse to personally slate a player. And sure, he's got his imperfections and he's a pro athlete and it's like he almost invites as the captain more scrutiny than your typical player but death threats treating you know slating his kids his family you name it it's on his instagram in his instagram comments somewhere to do that to a player when it isn't his choice to be on the team sheet i mean of course every player on that squad wants to play especially the captain right he wants to play every match but he didn't put him on the pitch that was Jurgen Klopp so we're upset we're pissed we're emotional but it should never go there it's never down to the player Ali you were a player <laughs> not a good one that's fine but you were playing um, is this ever okay no, not at all. Never. But the issue is, and I'm glad I haven't been on social media to see this because I do get pretty heated when I see messages like this, but we're a global team with a global fan base and this this shit is going to happen. We'll never get away from it, unfortunately. And it happens for every team. <clears throat> so it, it's really up to 
you know, the cop, the, the true and true, you know, red supporters that won't do this to just, you know, keep on supporting. I mean, we can't, we can't really get away from it. Can we? No, it's, it's tough to see. It is. And it, <laughs> I mean, it's just the same shit that Carrie Scott after the final. And <laughs> if there's anybody he's that, still getting right now. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Cause he's not doing himself any favors at Bishitas. Come to Bishitas. <laughs> Every time we say that, Turkish he listeners actually, go all over our pod. It's great. He actually just made another pretty bad mistake. <laughs> I saw <laughs> he, that. Yeah, he like, went to die for the ball and completely missed it. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him. It's like a belly belly flop. Well, I mean, <laughs> too good. You you see what happened in the final. It's tough for any player to recover from that. But like, you'll never walk alone is the team's motto. It's like on the crest. For God's sake, like understand what it means. I mean, treat the player, it's fine. If you object to how they play professionally, it's fine. But to slate them personally, it just it goes beyond the pale. It, it means more, right? <laughs> that's that's the latest ad slogan with New Balance. Uh, <laughs> have it mean more, you know? <laughs> live, yeah. live the change you want to be, I guess. I, I just think it's it, so fundamental to who a Liverpool supporter is to, you know, think. It's a, we're family, that's what the supporter base is characterized by. So act like it. Absolutely. And uh, it's terrible to see. I mean, nothing we can do about it. Love the rant. But I think the issue relies on, you know, the team, the team selection, in-game management, that kind of stuff. Um, so it all falls on Klopp. Oh, yeah. Klopp is amazing. But um, yes, he is. We, gotta, we, we just got to stay away from death threats. You got it. Okay, good. Well, we'll we'll get to more of that that German <laughs> you mentioned in a second. Yeah, I, I have to point out though, Mick Jagger, when Hendo, it was like the first nutmeg, or no, no, sorry, this is when he threw Verratti down before the first goal. The camera pans over to Mick Jagger, and he, he looks like makes that squinty all. <laughs> it was, I thought it was oh, pretty yeah. awesome. There was, there was a lot of people at that game. There was. That's what happens. Leo DiCaprio. I think that was a fake tweet for what it's worth. That that was a fake tweet. It was. I wish it was real. Yeah. Khabib was there. Some some big big shots there. Too bad uh the antics really took took that one, <laughs> you know. Yep. Okay, that's the first. I mean, it was a, it's a myth because it's not true. I'm going to call that one not true. It's not him. Klopp. Second one is Neymar. And everyone seemingly in that 11 hit the deck more than they actually played. And this one I'm going thumb straight fucking up. It's overwhelmingly true. Is it an excuse? No. Uh, Tuchel's strategy, you could say, was, (laughs) yo, Neymar, I watched the World Cup. You seem to love this hitting the deck shit. (laughs) How about you do it every time someone can test the ball? You're trying to score, aerial duel. Anytime they put us under pressure, Liverpool press, you you hit the deck. And that, you, Tiago, you're hearing us? You too. Di Maria, I know you love to do this shit. Like, you do it. <laughs> Absolutely, you do it. I, I don't think he needed to tell or teach Neymar to do it. I think that's just part of his his style. He gets, I mean, he gets hit a lot, but he also makes the most of small hits too. So it's just, it. it's like a... When a boy call, you know, cried wolf, like you just don't know when it's real anymore at this point. That's true. Um, but, but <laughs> Tiago Silva, this guy, he got so he fell back, hit his head, and he's off the pitch. 
He's so smart because he gets on the pitch just to go back down to hold his head that he was holding <laughs> off the pitch so he could stop the game. It's just that's like the best in-game management by a you know wasting time I've ever seen. I've never seen anything like that. Literally just gets on the pitch just to get back down to waste time. It's and, brilliant. I mean, <laughs> I, I hate to see it because I'm a Liverpool fan and I want Liverpool to win the game. But it's just very smart time wasting, and I I can't do anything about it. And I'm so frustrated, and it pisses me off so much. But I mean, that's something I would want my player to do. Yep. Well, I mean, even <laughs> I spent the opener defending Henderson, but Hen- Henderson even enjoyed it and did it. He likes it so oh, yeah. much. Henderson, Mane, Lovren. I mean, <laughs> no, no, he did his own. It, you saw that, right? <laughs> like no one was even within five year- yards of him, and he's yeah, like, he just dove. jumps up in the air down. The difference is he doesn't like, you know, we don't sit on the ground and hold our face when we got hit in the ankle. Um, True. Sometimes, you know, players try to get out of challenges and they have to dive to do that. And I totally understand. But if you get up and get on with it, that's fine. You see Sala doing that. Mane kind of play acts a little bit. But, but I mean, the PSG side was just, it was a different animal. <laughs> I haven't seen anything like that since like Chelsea's Mourinho side wasting time against us when we're trying to win the league within the first, you know, first minute, like fixing your shin pads every chance you get to waste time. I just haven't seen any antics like that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not illegal. It's just, it's just hard to watch. I think it's worse than Chelsea. I, I think that's at a different level, but we save that conversation for a different time. It's just tough to watch. Okay, it, no, no excuse. <laughs> it was just tough to watch. So, all right, uh, the opposition. Allie, how did Tuchel, I got to really get used to saying that. How did Tuchel set up for you? I mean, he brought the big guns. Anytime you see Mbappe, Di Maria, Neymar coming straight at you <laughs> with the profound speed that we decided to place in the midfield, we'll get into that for a second, but... He really needed a win in this in Europe, and yeah, look, he was hired to. I mean, like he wasn't hired to win the league. They're winning the league every year, no matter what. He was hired to do something and make a change in Europe. So this this team is already fourteen, you know, fourteen wins, zero draws, zero losses in the league. Lyon is behind them. They're on twenty seven points. These guys are on forty two points already. So they have the luxury of not even caring about the league at this point and just focusing on the big games in Champions League. So all their focus is on this, okay? For the way, for, for, you know, for the striking power they have, for the team they have, for, you know, having that luxury in the league, I, I think I think they could have done better. And I, I know they ran off ran us off the park. Our midfield was not set up to do well against them, and they still, you know, only won 2-1. I, I know they could have scored four to five goals in the first half, but they didn't. And I think they could have done better. So, so to, to your point, I, I don't think he set the team up uh, the best way he could have because mm. I think they could have done better. Interesting. So you would rather see them in a flatter four-three-three, maybe without Cavani in the middle. I mean, like Draxel, Draxel plays in the plays in the uh, you know in the league. I think he could have done a lot more damage to us. I don't. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a big PSG supporter or follower. Um, but I think with the midfield that we set up with, they, they could have just destroyed us even harder. Um, and they didn't capitalize on that. They, they won by one goal. And I think, I think with the luxury they have, as I mentioned in the league, they could have done a lot better. No doubt, <laughs> but we're still 
suffering the consequences of how well they did do. So, okay. They uh, outplayed us. Don't, don't get me wrong. They absolutely outplayed us, but it could have been so much more. I think we were lucky <laughs> for some parts of the game. We'll cover us in a second. There's not a lot of praise that came out of this match, obviously, but there's something to be said for we kept some possession. Yeah, we didn't make most of our chances, but we kept possession. We had better pass accuracy. We made more passes. I mean, yeah, we only had one big chance created, um, but they had two. I mean, it wasn't that big of a difference. They had seven chances created. We had four. They they just outran our midfield, and it looked like they dominated us from start to beginning. I mean, from you know from start to end. But but they scored two goals. We scored one. I mean, we were still in it until the end. They had to play act to get out of it. And I think for where they are in the league, they're at home playing against us in the one competition that they only care about. We have the biggest stars on their team, and they only won by you know one goal, and they had to play act to get their way out of it. And I think that tells you more about where they're at as a team versus how we you know played against them because we haven't been playing well. Yeah, but you mentioned so much quality. My goodness, they have a lot of quality. Yeah, you seeing. I, I'm still having nightmares. Mbappe like racing down that channel. He's <laughs> so scary. If I had, had him coming at me, I mean, my skills aside, it's even in my dreams, it's uh, very scary. <laughs> but do you want to talk about that first goal that was scored? Speaking of, of running course. him running at us, yeah, we're here. Why not? I mean, so I saw your notes earlier. Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned Lovren didn't, you know, jump to the ball to you know, pressure or not when he scored the goal. He but watched. what kind of clearance was that from uh, VVD? You That's know, he, he's our star child. And I and I hate to, you know, put this on him, but I, I think he could have done better on that clearance and we wouldn't have been in that position. But you're Lovren and you just, you're a battery mate, his partner. He <laughs> undoubtedly cleans up more mistakes than Lovren will ever commit. So... That's your partner. He had a bad, bad clear. So what do you do? Just sit there and watch it drop to the ground. His, I'll admit his reaction time was very slow. Um, but that, that all stems from, you know, VVD just not booting it out and kind of hitting it back into play because he was off angle. He could have done better. Okay. Fair enough. Well, um, they needed to win and they played like it. And lo and behold, came away with all three points. So let's get to us because there's a few things to talk about with respect to us. So let's start with giving credit where credit is due. This is going to take very long. So <laughs> let's start with Allison. If not for Allison, it would have been 3-1, 4-1 easily. It would have been 3-1 in the first half. He had a fantastic game. Yeah, he shipped two goals, but holy shit, that guy is so good. I think the team shipped two goals, not him. Yeah, but oh, yeah, I think you're right. That that save against Marquinhos when he hit the ball with so much power at the ground, I, I could not believe how he saved that. You're talking about, about the it was like the second chance where he like, know, lay, like laid chance. out. He he did like a sliding like body on the ground save on. Oh, that was a different one, but yeah, that one was great too. It was off the Mbappe cross. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Okay, so. Allison will have no bad words on this pod. Uh, Robertson, I thought he played well. He mishandled the ball from Allison. Uh, that was the only mistake I really saw from him. There's plenty of others, of course. 
So really don't have a lot of negative things to say about him. Maybe you do. And I'll pause. Um, I mean, n- nothing, nothing too crazy. He, I mean, he did what he had to do. There was a lot of pressure on his side. He even, you saw him running onto the right side to, you know, protect our team. He was, he was doing what he had to do. He was, I mean, he was funneling some balls to Mane as much as he could. Mane was, I think Mane was our man of the match with Allison, by the way. True. Uh, so he he did what he had to do. He he put in a nice tackle then against Neymar. Um, I thought that was, I mean, that was unnecessary. I know people are you know celebrating that. I think he could have done it earlier in the game to set you know a precedent. Like you can't come at us like this. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna go through you. I I would have loved to see that a little earlier. Seeing it at the end when we were trying to score a goal. That's that's what kind of turned me off. But uh, I'm glad someone someone did something. <laughs> Something that maybe you would expect from Captain, but <laughs> leave that to the side. I'm not trying to slate the man. All right. Uh, then there's Gomez. I this is the he's not a right back anymore. He's not. <laughs> he's not. He's not a right back. Does, does Klopp, and that's not his fault. It's does Klopp not know his that? fault. It, I mean, we're we're trying to implement Lovren into the team. I, I believe, and and yeah. we're hurting Gomez's play by doing that. And that's on Klopp. That's all on Klopp. That's not on Gomez. Gomez is not. As good as a right back as Trent Alexander Arnold is, don't you? And maybe he's thinking, "Hey, let's save him. Let's save Ta for for the Derby. We can do that." Um, I don't know what Klopp is thinking, but I would have done something differently there. I would have played what works. Okay. Well, well, I was bringing him up in the category of what went all right or acceptable. Okay. <laughs> because he was the only one that was feeding the attack, threading balls balls forward, and you know Milner. For all the slating going on with him, he at least tried to get the ball forward. Henderson obviously couldn't do it. Had he's usually like hit into the side. Okay, none of those on, straight back. Buster on Henderson. Let's bring that one up. Okay, there's a little slow motion videos on passing options that he has, where he has option A, B, C, or D, and D being you know the backwards pass, and he's going with D when there's a clear A, B, C option yes. going forward. If you play it in normal speed, there's no chance anyone can get that ball forward without actually dribbling and trying to beat a man because they're closing the ball down so fast. So I don't understand why people are doing that. So myth busted, no chance that he made the right decision playing a back pass in those situations that I see online. People are just absolutely crazy. Okay. Slowing these plays down to to show, oh, look how many options he had. He went backwards. Come on, guys. <laughs> Okay, the few times that people frame that up the wrong way on Twitter, which is general public, he, he passes back a lot. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, it's just so it's it's ridiculous to see. You're, you're speaking of the tweets specifically, okay? That's yes, fair. the slow motion tweets where they slow it down to show you how many options he has. It's it's mental. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about that German for a second. I I love the man. I mean. My fiance loves the man. It's a little uncomfortable, loves him so much. <laughs> and I think we've now discovered that he's human. I mean, there's maybe the hardcore fans that, oh, I knew it all along. But he has had a pretty blessed run with the club, taking Red Rogers' team, making them better, reaching finals. Of course, not pulling home trophies, but okay. But Obviously, the team on a positive tra- trajectory, pulling in top talent, doing all the things that you would want a world-class manager to do. I think what we saw in this match is 
whether it's, and I've got a number of different conspiracy theories, of course, but it's obvious. I do, I do too. You, I have a lot. I'm sure you do. Okay. But let's just start with, he didn't pick an inform Trent who just scored on a free kick. And that's been a while, but if I was his manager, I'd want to see him more. And he's unquestioned at right back. So you take an informed Trent, take him out, saving him for Everton, I guess. <laughs> for European football, a little bit more important. You take Shakiri, the most threatening of all of our midfielders, leave him on the bench except for came on in the 80th or 60th or something when game was already over, essentially. You pull in Lovren, who's been you know sitting there hanging with Salah on the bus or whatever, like hasn't had a consistent run of games. Yes, he did last year, but you know, as you know, as a p- former player, current player recovering, <laughs> you, you need to be like partnered up with that back line to be effective in the match and had predictable results. I mean, classic love run. So, so many personnel moves wrong in this. How do you explain it, Allie? Let's, let's hear those conspiracy theories. Okay. So, oh, well, there's a lot I could talk about. So, yes, yes he's human. Let's go to that point. He's mm. human. He's absolutely human. That's why we love him, because he has a human tendency and he can connect with the fans. So, in Europe, I mean, you everyone's seen the record on foreign soil. Like, he's he's, he's he drew to Augsburg, you know, Augsburg, BVB. Uh, he lost to Villarreal. He lost to Sevilla. Um, he drew Spartak. He drew Sevilla again. Um we lost to Roma, we lost to Madrid, we lost to Napoli this season, Red Star this season, and PSG, which we're talking about right now. Yeah, he's absolutely, absolutely human. Um, maybe a way we're not good tactically. And maybe the way he was thinking on personnel, in hindsight, it's easier to you know look at the game after and say, oh yeah, Gomez wasn't the right choice. Lovren should have been out, Ta in, Gomez at center back. A lot easier. Put Shakiri in, our midfield sucks. It's a lot easier to think that way. But you have to think... We have a derby coming up too. His focus is on the league. You can't doubt that with with the way we're setting up. Trent did not have a good time in Europe with you know pacey guys, so it makes sense to put Gomez there because Gomez is a faster player. Okay, Lovren has good experience in. Okay, I, I, it's hard for me to praise Lovren, but he has good experience in. In um, are we still doing MythBusters? Did that? I'm stop? just talking about. Okay. I'm just yeah. I'm just talking about why he picked or why I think he picked some players in these positions that we don't agree with. He had a decent game against Madrid. So it makes sense to put him in a big game with VVD because it has worked in the past. It doesn't work all the time. It has worked in the past. And then defensively and in the midfield, we went really defensive. Henderson's already, you know, he can't play against Everton. He's, he has a red card. So yeah, he's going to play in this game no matter what. Who who else are we gonna play? Genie, you know he's his he's gonna go with Genie because he has experience. We used him the entire way through our CL run last season, and yeah. Milner has experience, so it makes sense. Every move he made makes sense. It just we can look at it, you know, after the fact, and it, we could have gone different ways about it. And that's what he needs to work on. And it's easier said than done for us because we're fans and we think, okay, look, Shakiri could have played and been better you know and a better attacking option it's just a lot harder to see now okay you have just 
justified every t- personnel move he made. It, cool. I mean, it makes sense. If you think about it, it makes sense. I, I and we don't know what happens during training. We don't know. We don't know what Lovren and Hendo have on, on, on Klopp, why they pick him every game, but he sees more than we see in some of those moves, some of those positions, some of those personnel positions make sense. What do you, what do you like try to peel it back and look at it? No, it's fair. I appreciate where you're coming from, but the results speak for themselves at Madrid, at Roma, Napoli away, Belgrade away. Here we are PSG away. Same exact result. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's my issue. It, like, there's it, way it, too much funny because pattern recognition here. Like, the fan can pick up on it. Totally. And, and Roma away is when we lost Buvak. This is my other conspiracy oh, theory. Yeah. Here we go. Um, so, that's when we lost Buvak, okay? Mm. So, Roma away, Madrid in the final, Napoli away, Red Star away, PSG away. We lost all those games. I think Buvak was tactically better than Pep Linder's for Europe. That's just my opinion on the data that I have right now. I don't know enough, but this is my conspiracy theory. I think, I think Pep is a better, um, I think he's better for setup for the Premier League. And we can see that right now as we, you know, we've only shipped five goals. Um, and that's the best record so far on par with uh, Manchester city. You know what I mean? Mm. So we're set up differently now. It hurts our front three because of the way we're set up. We're more conservative. We don't attack as much. It's better suited for the Premier League. It's not as well suited for Europe. So I think that Buvok factor, that's what that's my conspiracy theory there. I think that's what's going on. And we've of course been beating you down on that Buvach point. It's Buvok, Buvach, whatever. Buvach. No, I say Buvok. Yeah. I mean, my point has always been he doesn't get that pass. You're the manager of the club. You you are essentially CEO of transfers, in-game management. He's really been good at, by the way. We haven't brought that up. He's been very good at transfers. Oh, I, I will not debate that between Edwards and Laptop, Gordon, FSG supporting big moves. I have an Edwards statue in my house at this point. <laughs> yeah, he can, he can sleep over anytime he wants. Uh, but when it comes to like recognizing patterns bringing his you know if if he's got a gap in europe dude fill the gap higher well I agree. well that's that's you what know. my conspiracy is okay but it, i mean and I, i'm not blaming i'm not blaming it on pep i'm not blaming it on buvac buvac it's I, it all falls on klops you know on on his hands he makes his decisions he's the ceo of of this of his team but i think that's that's where we're we're falling. I think that, I think that tactically, I think he, he was a better second coach for us. And I only say that because of the data that I have now. So, okay. We're, we're going to leave that be because that could take all night and it's <laughs> Friday. I want to go have some fun. You do too. All right. So how about the conspiracy theory, which seems to be borne out by the facts that he's choosing between Europe and the Premier League hedging probably that that pep as in guardiola and some of us worship yeah is more focused on europe this year because you know he's won the league he's now bored but my point i mean the, the interesting as that theory may be 
Pep is serious about both. He's serious about everything that he's competing in, unless I'm missing something. Like, it's just unfortunate at this point that they're this good <laughs> because if Manchester City wasn't in this league, we'd run this league this year. Easy. Mm. Um, we're, we're playing so well, and I don't mean we're attacking really well. We're just such a good unit where I don't fear for shipping a goal anymore. I'm just so confident because of the way we're structured and, and the way we play. It's just unfortunate that Manchester City, I know... So uh, if I'm Klopp, I'm thinking, yeah, City just broke all the records. They're going to focus on the Champions League because that's what they want. That's what they don't have. It's a perfect, you know, perfect year to change the way we play to try to win this league. It's just so unfortunate that they have such a fucking good squad where we can't surpass them no matter what. No matter what they focus on, they have a they have the team depth to win every league, every trophy they fight for. Except they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't win Champions League last year. They, right, exactly. They didn't and and the that's table. why their fans hate us, and they're starting a fake rivalry. But they don't have fans. That's the thing. They I know, right? Stand-ins no, exactly. that they pay money. It's but it's like, just so unfortunate that these guys are this good at this point, and Klopp <laughs> is trying to win the league when these guys are just on another level. Oh, it's not like FSG is shy to spend money behind a coach, you know, back a coach, back a club that's ideally positioned to succeed. So I don't think it's as bad. The gap between spending as we make it out to be, we're in a modern era. We're benefiting from champions league, just like the rest of the clubs. And guess what? We're pulling in the players. So, which gets me to the ne- my next point, you know, this is the cons- yet another conspiracy theory of the plot, but pretty obvious. Why remake the midfield? after what I painfully traveled out for in Kiev. I mean, this is the same result that we saw at <laughs> P- PSG. I, you know, <laughs> forked over treasure, plus put my body through hell, just like every other supporter, and I'm, had a blast. I would never change it for the world, but I was there in person to see what I just saw on Bleacher Report in the US. <laughs> okay. Same <laughs> midfield, same nonsense. Like, why after that you moved so fast to pull Fabinho in? You've been working on Keita for the better part of a year. They're in training. They're early. I mean, what? You know, you know the How Fabinho long does one to- does not. I don't have an answer for the Fabinho one. He played at Monaco. He knows PSG. Why wouldn't you play him in this game? There has to be another reason. I don't have an answer for that, and I don't understand. But that's the one that really confuses me. Yep. Not even because a we could. Not even we could have played, yeah, we could have played Fabinho and had Hendo a little further up, and then either had Genie or Milner or Shakiri, and it would have made a lot of sense. And that's the part that I don't, I can't even correlate an answer to because you know I always try to justify the moves he makes and figure out, okay, this is probably what, the way he's thinking, but I have no idea why he didn't, you know, how, why he overlooked Fabinho. Yeah, it doesn't make any. Sense. I don't, I don't know, I don't know. So why, yeah, it's okay. So why, but how long does it really take to bed in players, right? Keita, is he damaged goods or I, I think, he just I think can't the, speak the language? I think the, the bed in players thing is also a myth. Mm. And I'm going to bust it right now. I think the way Klopp works is he just plays people until they break and then brings in the next player until they break mm. and then brings in the next. And that's been his rotation policy I've seen. 
that's what happened with Robertson and Moreno just couldn't get back because he got injured. Do you remember that? Of course. And I think, I think that's been his kind of rotational policy from what I've seen so far. He burns out so I, I don't, because of he the burns him out. style. I get that. Right. And I think that's what he's doing. And I think we're just not getting fully burnt out yet for, for us to see Keita come back because Keita was the first choice until he got injured. And now we're burning other players until he comes back. It's weird, but that's another theory I have. Yep. Theories abound tonight. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, that takes care of the Keita and Fabinho points. Let, let's just talk about some of the most glaring mistakes that all of us saw. We've talked about the lever and ball watching, so maybe we can skip past that. The midfield disaster, we've also talked about that. How about the attack? Woohoo! Like hot topic. Yeah. So, uh, Kimpembe still with Salah in his pocket, having dinner as we're recording this yeah. pod. Easy. <laughs> well, I mean, Salah, I think it, Salah's game is, like is not his have, body. It, it, yeah, it's almost like teams have figured out. Hey, put someone on the left channel so Salah can't run there, and you stop him. It's almost like they figured that out. Yeah. They're squeezing the channels. You saw that. Verratti did a, an amazing yeah. job. Verratti and, and Marquinhos, like, for two dudes to completely take over the midfield says a lot. And yeah. and they're squeezing that pass, which that, that's how we find so much joy going forward on the counter. So fair enough. But wow. <laughs> like, you expect more in big games from your star. Yep. And I think... I think Firmino didn't have the best game that we've seen. And we haven't seen the best out of him yeah, as, of, well, as of recent. Especially a big night in Paris. He was sleepwalking, it seemed like. But but you know what's crazy? Okay, I understand Henderson doesn't have the best of games, but he, you know our, our front three just does not get the same stick that our midfield gets for having a bad game. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. It's just, it's just a, I, I, feel, I feel like it's a little unfair, but I think Salah and... And Firmino didn't have the best of games. Don't you I worry. We're, we're on this pod like tonight's the night for them to get stick. Yeah, they're getting it, stick. Yeah. I mean, Salah hasn't been able to score in the big games this season. That's been the difference this season. I think that has to do with the way we set up. That has to do with people figuring out, hey, holy shit, on the right side, on the Liverpool side, he runs down the channel fast. Put someone on our left side in that position, in that space, that can't happen. And we haven't had a plan B. And you would expect... Pep Linders or Buvach or his, you know, some unnamed coach that we haven't brought in yet. We brought the world class throw in coach. Thank God. <laughs> Actorberg's still back there playing cards with Minule, I guess. <laughs> but like, we haven't figured out the adjustment. Like, the, of course, professional I leagues think, are going to adjust yeah. to how you play if it's killing the rest of the league. Like we set all kinds of records last year. Of course, that's like a green light for, okay, we need to look at this and adjust. So they've adjusted. Why haven't we? It, it's, it seems like we're, we're adjusting by bringing in Firmino more into the midfield and shifting Salah more centrally to deal with it, but it's just not working. It's not working as well. It's working against the lower teams in the Premier League, which is what we've struggled against. But now we're not doing well against the big teams and we're not doing well in Europe away. So that's the fallout. We just have to find a middle ground for everything to work. And I don't think we have that yet. Maybe you could go and coach them. No? Yeah, coach them to relegation. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, so the, yeah, the match was ugly, painful as hell, but I think it makes more sense to me now. So why don't we finish? Yeah, you're this? welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anytime. So why don't we finish this off with what success means from here? Because you would think this is a glaring enough L, taking the L, in Paris that it would force Klopp to reevaluate. Okay. For so me, what's from here on out, is, what, what do you think is possible? What do you think is in the cards? Yeah. For, for success for me right now, what I would like to see, what would make me happy, we fucking destroy Everton this weekend. Absolutely annihilate them. And then we go on to beat Napoli by two goals to make it through, which means the PSG game didn't mean shit. Doesn't matter. It's in the past. That's success right there. And then we move on from there one game at a time. And keep following Manchester City to the end. Make them nervous. They're going to slip. If we don't and put pressure on them, we're in good shape. You mentioned Everton. Uh, we usually laugh because we've had lots of reasons to last, you know, say three, four years, Big Sam, whatnot. I'm kind of nervous about them. I, As am I. And not just because I talked to Adam Jones just a few days ago. <laughs> Why don't you uh, give that a plug? I Didn't I? Just subtly. Listen. Yeah, I mean, uh, where, where can they listen to it? What is it? Yeah, it's on our podcast. The thing that you downloaded before this, it's Adam Jones, the beat writer from the Liverpool Echo for Everton. Potentially downloaded, yes. Yeah, well, I'm sure they did. They all do. Yeah. So <laughs> give that a listen. Adam knows quite a bit about the club and where they're at and where which matchups are going to cause us, could cause us issues. So it was, it was a good conversation. He's a good bloke. So for all those reasons, you know, they've got a new director of football coming in, Silva finally managing the squad and they're performing well. They took a point from Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, handled Leicester City away. Charles scares me, man. Yeah. He and he and uh Sigurdsson, right? It's like a Yeah. Two-headed monster. Set pieces, Sigerson. Yeah, it's uh, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be as easy as it's been in the past. Um, we're going to have to really be on it. And I kind of, I mean, if you look at it optimistically, that loss is going to make us just absolutely triggered and you know fighting and wanting more for this game. So it could be a blessing in disguise if we win this game and went beat Napoli by two goals. This PSG game could have been you know the, the spark that we needed. You sound like James Milner. We love a rebound. <laughs> we love a rebound. Exactly. Wrong sport, but okay. Works <laughs> for me. Cool. Well, um, I feel better. No, I don't. But hey, come on. It's more reasonable trying to unpack what happened. So, Allie, I appreciate you joining. I appreciate you having me. Where can the people find you? The people can find me at Ali G underscore FP on Twitter. I don't really do anything else. Twitter on the weekends. Snap. And I will post snap, uh, uh, sorry, stats soon. I've been, <laughs> I've been lacking all that. Stop it's it. been a while. Uh, I'm looking at them right now. I'll post them soon. You're teasing them. I mean, you, you threw up a few on this podcast. Yeah, they were nice. They were nice. I'm not going to lie. Just gotta um, also, uh, Brian Painter and crew, Tyler Vinyl, they're going to be posting a reaction. So, Keep this uh, area ready for another download. You're going to oh, see three episodes back to back. Very nice. Cool. Well, 
as we always say, until next time, Allie. You talk. Hey, hey talk on. You talk on. Talk on. You talk, talk on. on. Talk, talk on. on. Okay, great. <laughs>